Hello, and welcome back to How I Mother. This is the first real episode of the podcast. The first one that I recorded was kind of just the introduction to the podcast, but this is the first real episode, and it is called How I Survive Being a Stay-at-Home Mother. So just to give you a little bit of background, I had my first son in December of 2013, and that's when I became a stay-at-home mom. Before that, I, well, I had always known that I wanted to be a mother and that I had wanted to stay home with my kids. From the time that I was very little, I knew that I wanted to be a teacher. I knew that I liked working with children. I knew that I wanted to be a mom to a lot of kids. And so it was something that was always in the back of my head. I ended up being a lifeguard and a swim coach and a swim lessons instructor. I was a nanny, a babysitter um, for, you know, 10, 15 years. And then when we got married, we had the conversation that one of us would stay at home and that because that was something that I had always wanted to do and Greg's job would be able to provide that for us, I was the one who started staying home. So when I had my son at the end of 2013, that's when I became a full-time stay-at-home mom. And I was really excited about it. It was something that I had always wanted to do. And I was really looking forward to the benefits of that. I did have a little bit of a traumatic birth with my son. I was a few minutes away from an emergency C-section, which, you know, I think it was kind of typical for a first birth. You don't really go in really knowing what to expect. Um, But we can delve into that on another episode, I guess. But my point is, is my stay at home mom life started off a little bit rocky. I had probably more postpartum depression than I realized because I had never obviously experienced delivering a baby. Um, And I was you know, just new to mothering. I think I expected it to be more like babysitting, but, you know, I knew a lot about kids, but I didn't know what it was like to not be able to watch a kid for a few hours and then walk away when you needed to. Um, Greg, my husband at the time, was working long hours, 50, 60, 65 hour work weeks, Some nights he was gone until 11 or 11.30 at night, so a lot of the responsibility fell solely on me, um, which was okay for the time being, but it made it very, very challenging on top of already having some postpartum depression. So I had to overcome that. Landon and I had some trouble nursing right from the beginning, So we had lactation consultant appointments. Um, It was just challenging with pumping and bottle feeding and trying to nurse and being up every couple hours with him. And again, we were new parents. We didn't really know what to expect or what that would look like. So the beginning of my stay-at-home mom journey was not as seamless, I guess, as I thought it would be. 
The other thing that really stuck out to me about being a stay-at-home parent, which I think sounds silly to say because you're with little people all day long. You're busy. You're always doing something. You're answering questions. You're talking to your kids. You're reading. You're doing activities. But it's also extremely lonely. And it's, it's a weird dichotomy kind of because you think to yourself, well, how can I be lonely? I have people, little people around me. I have so much to do. But inside, mentally, as an adult person, you feel lonely and kind of crave your quote-unquote old life. Not that you obviously want to, you know, not be in the situation that you are, but just it's a big transition from having the freedoms that you did, having adult conversations, using your brain in a different way, to now being, you know, this little person's, you know, person that they rely on all the time. So I was really surprised at how lonely I was, even though I was busy. I remember there were days where I I didn't know what to do. My sister was working full-time here where I live. My parents didn't live in the city. I didn't really know any other moms, stay-at-home moms at the time. And I remember a few days I would literally take Landon to Greg's work and we would just sit there with him for hours. He was a little, he was an infant at the time. So I would stroll him around a little bit. Greg would hold him. I would hold him. And then we would, you know, maybe go for a walk. But I just didn't really know what to do with myself. So the adjustment to that life was was tricky. It was a little bit harder than I thought it would be. So now that I've been staying at home for seven and a half years, I I can see what helped me immensely and what things I can still continue to do better as a stay-at-home mom and advice that I would have for other people. So one of the most crucial, important things that I did was I found a community for myself and for Landon when he was little. When he was about nine or 10 months old, I found a local moms group. And that was at the time, my complete lifesaver. I met other moms my age. I met other kids that were Landon's age or close to his age. We had playdates. We got to know the area. We went to all different playgrounds and museums and places that I probably never would have known about had I not been a part of that group. Um, Some of those moms are still some of my very, very close friends to this day. I don't need that community in that way anymore. Um, I still obviously need mom connections and, and other families that have kids the same age, but it was my lifeline when I was at home alone with Landon for 9, 10, 11 hours by myself a day. It was so important to have people around me who were going through the same thing that I was. So I encourage you to find a community of people who are in a similar journey so that you have people that you can rely on, talk to, vent to, ask questions to, and relate to. Another thing that we are, 
I would say fairly good at that has really helped us over the years is to set some kind of schedule each day. It can kind of feel a little bit chaotic when there isn't a schedule, when your kids aren't in preschool or or uh, regular school yet. It can feel kind of chaotic if you don't have a schedule. You know, you just get up and you have, you're looking ahead at this full day thinking, oh my gosh, what am I going to do for the next nine or 10 hours? But it really helped to, for me and for Landon to sit down and kind of talk with him a little bit, you know, once he was old enough to understand, we're going to have breakfast and then we're going to go for a walk and then we're going to have a snack and then we're going to go do this activity and then we're going to have nap time. And my kids still to this day will say, well, what are we doing this morning? What are we doing after lunch? They, they like the predictability of a routine, of a schedule, and it helped me to get through the days. It helped us have goals throughout the day and it helped us just stay on track and a little bit more focused which I think just helps everybody because there's there's not as many unknowns to the day so that really helped. Um, another thing that I would encourage you to do or that has helped me is to really communicate to your spouse or your partner what it is that you need from them. I think sometimes when I was starting out as a stay-at-home mom, I would expect Greg to know all these things that I had done throughout the day. And when he walked in the door, don't you know that I need you to do this, 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 and this? And he would say, I'm, I'm not a mind reader. I don't know what it is that you need me to do. So I have gotten much better at communicating with him of, you know, it's been a really long day. I would like to just have a few minutes to myself when you get home or when you get home tonight, can you do these three things for the house? Or on the weekend, I need you to take care of these five things. Communicating what I need here at home because he's not here to see all of that stuff and to know what I need has been really, really helpful and has gotten better over the years. Um, another thing is I think that we're in this culture right now of beautiful Instagram pictures and all these things that make people feel like you have to have it all together all the time and be doing all the things. And that can feel really overwhelming. I think sometimes there's this mentality that you have to prove yourself as a stay-at-home mom and, you know, have these Pinterest-worthy playrooms and houses and all these things. And I think it's easy to lose sight of why we're at home and what we're really doing. So, my advice, I guess, is to don't feel like you need to do it all. Do what you enjoy doing, what's good for your family and your kids, and let the rest just kind of fall if you can. So if you like doing lots of arts and crafts with your kids, great. If you don't, do it once in a blue moon or ask a, a friend to do something with your kids and you maybe do something else with their kids that you like to do but don't feel like you have to 
do it all and do it beautifully and perfectly all the time. There will be some days where you just have to survive. You just have to get through the day and make it into the end of that day. And that's okay. If there are some days where your kids watch too much TV or too much iPad or whatever, it's okay. Hopefully you used that time to paint your nails and do a face mask or something for yourself. And the next day, go ahead, take them outside and play and you can make up for a little bit of that time, but don't feel guilt over it. There are just some seasons of life where, and especially I think this year with the pandemic and everything, more than ever, a lot of us are just barely hanging on and surviving the best that we can. And if that's what you have to do, that's totally okay. Don't feel bad about it. You're doing the very best that you can each day. Two things that I think that I could do better and that I'm still working on as a stay-at-home mom is I'm trying to find more hobbies for myself. I feel like especially as I had more children, I really lost myself as I got deeper into motherhood. So when Landon was just two years old, my daughter Riley was born. They're 25 months apart, basically. Um, And so that was a lot to have two kids, two and under. And then when Riley was about a little more than two and a half, I had my third and last child, Maya. So I had at the time a four and a half year old, a two and a half year old and a newborn. So nobody was in school full time. And I was home with all three kids all by myself. So it was a lot and there wasn't a lot of time for me to be doing hobbies and things that I truly enjoyed. And honestly, I felt like as the years went on, I didn't even know what I enjoyed anymore that was outside of motherhood other than being basic and strolling Target with a Starbucks in my hand. I couldn't even remember the hobbies that I used to enjoy. So I'm trying to get back to a little bit of that and finding out what it is that I want to do for my own personal time, which is one of the reasons that I started this podcast. I enjoy talking about motherhood and my journey and connecting with other moms. And so that's a big reason that I wanted to do this as a hobby for myself. So I'm trying to find more things like that as my children become more independent and I have a little bit more time. The last thing, and I am not good at this, we are not good at this, is finding time for me and Greg. It's very hard to set that time apart where we can step away from our role as parents and just kind of recharge and then start fresh again. We are not good at scheduling date nights. And I know throughout this last year, this pandemic, it's been especially hard. It's hard to get a babysitter. It was hard to really go anywhere anyways, but we are trying to be better about having little dates and and even shows that we watch together, movies that we watch together. We're trying to be better about having that time in the evening together. Um, I, I hope that we can 
do better with that as our kids get older and older and as we get out of this pandemic and have more resources and more flexibility to get out in public more and more. So I hope that those tips helped. I hope that hearing my experience a little bit as a stay-at-home mom helps. Hopefully it's relatable to some people. Um, I always tell Greg that this is the best but the hardest thing that I have ever done in my life. I would never change it. I would not, even seven and a half years in, I would not want to be doing anything else. I can honestly look back and say, although there are days where I questioned, you know, is this for me anymore? Do do I really want to be at home anymore? The overwhelming answer the majority of the time is yes, this is exactly what I want to be doing, even though there are extremely hard days in there. So I would I wouldn't change it. I truly wouldn't. It has been the best experience. I've created so many wonderful memories with my kids in the in the days that I've been with them, but it is hard. It's lonely, it's exhausting. It's a different kind of mental load and there are a lot of challenges that come with it. So I hope this resonated with some of you and I hope that some of the tips helped as well. So I look forward to talking to you for the next episode of How I Mother. See you later.